It was a lost weekend for the New York Islanders as they lost games on both Saturday and Sunday, and they lost Ilya Sorokin after two periods of action on Sunday afternoon. We have our key takeaways from the game, the latest on Sorokin, and all things New York Islanders coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today. And thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Rough weekend for the New York Islanders. We will get to all of that, but first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so I'll provide you with some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with fans during games and really any time, so follow on Twitter and please do reach out. It's always great to to be involved and to talk to listeners and fans about our New York Islanders Tough weekend, uh, a 6-3 loss to the Boston Bruins on Saturday, a 4-1 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning at home on Sunday, two matinee games. And the one thing that both of these games had in common was that the Islanders played poor defensive hockey. And realistically, when there's a team like the Islanders that struggles to score goals consistently— you are not going to win a lot of games, especially against good competition like the Bruins and the Lightning, when your play in your own zone doesn't add up to your or reach your own standards. And boy, I mean, Saturday in particular, Sebastian Ajo had a rough, rough game, coughed up the puck too many times, was out of position too many times, 
And I'm not going to just blame Ajo for the fact that the Islanders gave up six goals on Saturday because it doesn't all fall on him. The defense as a whole had its issues, and we know now Scotty Mayfield out four to six weeks. There's less than five weeks left in the season, so you do the math. Uh, So, you know, that's what brought Ajo back into the lineup on Saturday. No Mayfield, and yet, boy, did the Islanders miss Mayfield. And, you know, so many of the defensemen struggling in that game on Saturday. And so you would think Sunday would be better that Barry Trotz would read his team the riot act and say, look, guys, uh, we can't give up that many quality scoring chances, especially to a talented and deep team like the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning and expect to win the game. Well, that really didn't happen on Sunday. Again, the Islanders struggling defensively uh, and not getting the job done. And look, this time it was often Ryan Pulak who had uh, a bit of a rough game. Andy Green struggling on both games over the course of the weekend. And let's not limit it to the defensemen because the forwards didn't always do what they needed to do as far as clogging up the neutral zone, slowing down the opposing team and not letting them come in with speed. It, It really wasn't a fair situation. And you look at the numbers from the weekend and Varlamov gave up, you know, six goals on Saturday, then came in in the third period uh, of Sunday's game. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but he comes in in the third period, gives up two more goals. You would sit there and say, oh yeah, Varlamov, he had a, a, a bad weekend. No, he didn't. Varlamov actually kept the Islanders in that game Saturday longer than they deserved to be in it, really faced too many shots throughout the course of the game, and deserved a better fate. Not that played outstanding hockey, but look, Varlamov made 38 saves and faced 44 shots in that game on Saturday. And when you're being outshot 44 to 27, it is hard to win a lot of hockey games. And the Islanders didn't deserve to win on Saturday. Now, Sunday, they played a little bit better. Uh, Had the 1-0 lead after one. And you still have some players who are, you know, kind of getting the job done, at least offensively, a little bit more consistently. Anders Lee. And Brock Nelson getting goals on Saturday. Sunday, uh, once again, you're seeing a goal by Brock Nelson, who has been red hot, but it's not enough. And yeah, again, here it is. Nelson, four shots on goal. Anders Lee, five shots on goal. But the rest of the of the top forwards still not getting enough shots. Matthew Barzal did not have a shot on goal against the Lightning. Anthony Bavillier, one shot on goal. Josh Bailey, one. J.G. Pajot, one. Oliver Wallstrom, one. These are the guys who, in addition to Nelson and Lee, have got to be putting more pucks on net, and they're just not doing it. And against the Lightning, and Tampa Bay is a very good defensive team, 
The defenseman only had a total of five shots on goal. Two by Dobson, two by Pulak, one by Andy Green. Overall, not enough offense and sloppy defense. The best part, I think, of Sunday's game was at least the Islanders stood up for each other. Ross Johnston dropping the gloves in the first period. Matt Martin, uh, a roughing penalty later on in the game in the second period. The Islanders at least didn't back down against a physical, tough Tampa Bay team. And, you know, look, we know this team is not making the playoffs, but at least they're standing up for one another and they still have that spirit and that togetherness, that feeling that they, that, you know, standing up for each other matters even now that the playoffs are, for all intents and purposes, out of reach. But overall, a sloppy weekend for the New York Islanders, not what they need going forward. And the result, you know, we talked about wanting at least three points from this weekend. Well, guess what? They got zero and, uh, you know, it's just not going to work this way. This season is over. When we return, Ilya Sorokin left the game on Sunday early. We'll talk about that injury plus uh, an emergency call-up that the Islanders made prior to the game. All that, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. I mean, how good does that sound? Protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. And why... How can you turn these down with some of these flavors? Look at this. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorites. And yes, like all Built Bars, puffs are low calorie, high fiber, high protein, and low in net carbs. They are actually better than a candy bar. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, but they pack 17 grams of protein. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So some news about the Islanders making some moves and some injury updates. Let's start with the move they made. Uh, Grant Hutton, the defenseman, called up on an emergency basis. Ostensibly, I would say the emergency was to replace Scotty Mayfield, who, as we know, lost for the season, but is certainly uh, on for the next, you know, four weeks at least. So Hutton gets called up, and he did dress for the game on Sunday. Matt Martin, uh, excuse me, Aho rather, sitting that game out after his poor performance on Saturday. So at least, you know, the brass making that move. Hutton playing 16 minutes and 46 seconds. He was credited with one hit and was a minus one in this game. Didn't play poorly, didn't play great, 
but didn't look out of place, and that is at least uh, a credit to Grant Hutton. Look, I like Sebastian Ajo. He is a great AHL player, but he just lacks the size and consistency to get the job done at the NHL level, and that is a big problem for the Islanders now that Mayfield is unavailable. Again, uh, I want to see more of Grant Hutton, of Robin Sallow. Uh, You know, these are the players who I think have a possible long-term future with the Islanders. Sebastian Ajo, I think he had his opportunity for parts of this year, and he is yet to prove that he is ready to be uh, a top six NHL defenseman. And, you know, he may be the perfect quadruple A player where he's just, you know, an all-star at the AHL level. But for whatever reason, maybe it's his size. Maybe he needs a little more time and space than what you get in the NHL as compared to the AHL. He's not going to be a consistently effective player in the National Hockey League. So I was glad to see Grant Hutton getting an opportunity to play. And, you know, again, for a guy who hasn't played a lot of games this year with the Islanders, uh, getting the job done. A little disappointed, however, again, to see Kiefer Bellows out of the lineup on Sunday. And, you know, Ross Johnston in there, okay, I understand, especially against the Lightning, that maybe you want the bigger player available, especially when you don't have Cal Clutterbuck. But for Bellows not to play both Saturday and Sunday, again, when you know the season is over, at least as far as chances at making the playoffs are concerned, that was a big disappointment to me. And it is something that I hope the Islanders can rectify uh, as far as you know, for the remaining games of the season. The other piece of injury news coming out of Sunday is that Ilya Sorokin leaving the game after the second period with an upper body injury. Just got an update from the Islanders. He is listed as day-to-day with an upper body injury. He did make two saves with his mask, but uh, not sure if That is the reason. Obviously, the Islanders, like all NHL teams, more or less saying that, you know, they're not going to give you the specifics of this injury. But obviously, if it's an upper body injury, the possibility that he is in concussion protocol is a real one. And the Islanders have to uh, move on. Now, that means we will probably see a goaltender called up from Bridgeport, and, you know, since the Bridgeport Islanders don't play again until the middle of the week, you can call them up, send them back down after the game if necessary uh, to be the backup to Simeon Varlamov, but I would say it is, while not guaranteed, it is a fairly safe bet that we see Simeon Varlamov as the Islanders' starting goaltender Tuesday night which is their next game. And look, it's been a ride. The Islanders between COVID and the injuries and the long road trip to start the season. So many frustrating aspects of, you know, what's been going on throughout the year. 
but you don't want to lose Ilya Sorokin. Such a valuable part of this team, such an important part of the Islanders' future. And, you know, this is a, a situation where the Islanders really need to get things going. Tuesday night, Islanders, uh, you know, taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, uh, if you want to get into fifth place, you got to beat the Blue Jackets. You beat them in regulation, but uh, this game in Columbus, first of two straight against the Jackets, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, a home and home. So that will set things up, but hopefully nothing serious with regard to Sorokin. And I'll go on record as saying this, don't rush Ilya Sorokin back. If he misses a game, two games, five games, at this point, better to let him recover completely, whether this is a concussion, a shoulder, whatever, a neck, whatever it is, but let him recover, give him time. The Islanders are not in this playoff hunt, especially after this weekend, and just let it be. Uh, time to uh, go with Varlamov, or maybe if you call up Corey Schneider or you call up Jakob Skarup from uh, Bridgeport, if they get a spot start at some point, although I doubt that the Islanders will go that route, why the heck not? You know, give Skarup, if they call him up, a chance to play, to make, uh, you know, his season debut in between the pipes. Or, you know... Corey Schneider hasn't played an NHL game in a couple of seasons. Let him have a go at it. Don't rush Ilya Sorokin back. Concussions are tricky things, and the key is not to let it get worse. Coming up is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and let's see uh, if you can guess who it's going to be. This is a, a, a player drafted by the Islanders who played with the team in the mid to late 80s and did have a couple of 20-goal seasons for the team. So let's see if you could figure that out. That and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. And thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Well, today is the 20, uh, 58th birthday for former Islanders winger Alan Kerr. Kerr, a native of Hazleton, British Columbia, drafted by the Islanders in the fourth round back in 1982. And boy, did he have some great seasons in the Western Hockey League for the Seattle Breakers. A 38-goal, 91-point season in 82-83, and then in his last year, 44 goals and 112 points in 66 games, add 141 penalty minutes, and you could see that even though he was only 5'11", 195, kind of average height, maybe a little above average for the 80s, uh, Alan Kerr wasn't afraid to mix things up, but he could also put the puck into the net, made his Islanders debut Later on in the 84-85 season, became a full-time Islander in 86-87 and then had back-to-back 20-goal seasons in 87-88 and 88-89. His best season was 87-88, played in 80 games, 24 goals, 58 points. After leaving the Islanders, played for Detroit and then briefly with Winnipeg, 
finished his career with 391 NHL games, 72 goals, 166 points, and 826 penalty minutes. Add 38 playoff games, 5 goals, 9 points there, including uh, being a part of the Islanders' fairly lengthy 1987 playoff run where he played 14 games for the Isles. We're going to look at one of Alan Kerr's better games with the Islanders. November 1st, 1987, we take you back to the old Boston Garden, an arena that actually had a shorter center ice zone than almost any other rink in the league. For the Islanders, Kelly Rudy getting the start, while Doug Keens, goaltender Boston in this one. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first with Ken Leiter in the box for hooking for the Islanders. Randy Wood tallies shorthanded his fifth from Brian Trotche at 9.56, but the Bruins came back to tie it less than a minute and a half later. Lyndon Byers, his first from Rick Middleton and Steve Casper at 11.21. And then at 17.10, Randy Burridge, his seventh from Alan Peterson and the great Ray Bork, Islanders trailing 2-1 after the first period. In the second period, Gerald Diddick of the Islanders goes off for holding. Jeff Cortnall scores a power play goal for the Bruins. Glenn Wesley and again Ray Bork with the assist. Islanders down 3-1. to one, And you're like, oh boy, this is going to be a long day. But the Islanders get back into this one. A goal by Pat LaFontaine at the 7.30 mark. His ninth, Alan Kerr, Islanders' birthday of the day. And Derek King with the assist. That made it a 3-1 to one game. Steve Casper made it. Uh, excuse me, three to two. Steve Casper made it four to two. His fourth from Ray Bork and Keith Crowder. That's how it stood after 40 minutes of play. The Islanders on the short side of a four to two game. Ken Linsman, the Rat, scores for Boston early in the third. His second from Jeff Cortnall and Glenn Wesley, and the Isles trail five to two. But Less than a minute after the Lindsman goal, the Islanders go on the power play. John Blum called for holding for Boston and our Islanders' birthday of the day. Alan Kerr, his fifth from Miko Makala and Tomas Janssen, getting the Islanders to within 5-3. Richard Crom makes it 5-4 at the 7:26 mark of the third. His second from Ken Leiter and Brent Sutter. And then, with two minutes and six seconds left in the third period, Alan Kerr, our Islanders' birthday of the day, his second of the game, sixth of the season, the only assist to Pat LaFontaine. That ties the game at five. And in OT, Pat LaFontaine, the game winner, his 10th of the year, Dennis Potvin and Alan Kerr, Islanders' birthday of the day, with the assist. Islanders skate away with a 6-5 to five overtime road win. Kelly Rudy started this game, was replaced Early in the third by Billy Smith. Smith got the win and did not allow a goal, making 13 saves in this one while the Islanders were outshot 46-31, to but still emerged with the win. For Alan Kerr, Islanders' birthday of the day, a four-point night, two goals, two assists. He was a plus two. And, of course, got the two goals on seven shots on goal, so he had seven of the team's 31 shots. Alan Kerr, he turned 58 today. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day.
Rough weekend for the Islanders. Gotta hope for better from this team. And, you know, to me, the thing that really got under my skin about the games this weekend, it can't be defense that really hurts this team. If defense is the problem, and it has been a problem a lot this season, but That's supposed to be this team's strength. That's what this team is built to do. And Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello have to address this in the offseason. They have to find a way to improve the speed and mobility of this team's defense. And if they don't do it, they are not going to get better next year. You know, you've heard me say on this podcast that the Islanders never really replaced the skill set of Nick Letty. That Zdeno Chara and Andy Green are okay role players, but neither of them move with the puck the way Nick Letty does, and we still only have one real puck-moving defenseman among the top six of this team, and that's Noah Dobson. Defense has got to be addressed in the offseason, And we'll see how the Islanders choose to do that. But it has to be a big priority. That and the sniper has to be the big priority for the Islanders between now and the start of the 2022-2023 campaign. We will be back tomorrow as we preview the game against the Blue Jackets. We'll have that in the latest injury update on Ilya Sorokin and a lot more. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.